In today's episode, Noah and I welcome the phenomenal Rumid Casada to talk about his new Substack, about publishing, and of course, chapbooks. Welcome to episode 15 of The Chapbook. I'm your host, Noah Stetzer. And I'm Ross White. Noah and I are the directors and editors at Bull City Press, which publishes chapbooks and occasionally full-length books of poetry, fiction, and nonfiction. We started this podcast to talk about our love of chapbooks, to demystify the publishing process, and share chapbook news and happenings. We've got one of the superheroes of the literary community on with us today. Ruben Casada is here, and it just seems like every time there is an opportunity for good to happen, Ruben is right at the forefront of that. Ruben Casada is a neurodivergent gay Latinx poet whose books include Revelations from Sibling Rivalry Press, Next Extinct Mammal from Greenhouse Review Press, and a translation of Luis Cernuda, Exiled from the Throne of Night from Oriole Press. Most listeners know about Ruben's many efforts within the lit community at numerous places like Contamundo, Macondo, and his current broadcast, The Mercy Street Readings. Ruben works as a writer, editor, and teacher. And to learn more about the many things he's up to, visit the show notes for a full bio and links to his projects. Welcome, Ruben. Hello, Ruben. Thank you. I've, I've been looking forward to this, and um, I, I love what you do. I mean, I love I love the the whole premise behind demystifying the uh, publishing process. It's something that I'm especially interested in uh, these days, and I'm I'm really excited to talk to you both. Well, Ruben, your new Substack is designed to help poets with that demystification process, designed to give a little bit more information. Tell us a little bit more about Promotion for Poets. Yes, absolutely. So my new Substack, Promotion for Poets, came about really just at the at the tail end of a series that I've been running at the Kenyan Review. Uh, and that series is called Poetry Today, where every week I feature two different poets, uh, typically poets who've recently released a, a collection of poetry. And over the years, I, I developed a sort of questionnaire asking them about their uh, writing process about their recent collection and and one question that that really resonated with me and still does is uh, I was curious about how a poet who has published work or is in the midst of of publishing in in reflecting on the process what what have they learned and what would they tell their younger self? about this process, this whole process. And as a young poet, as a poet who um, still feels like I'm, I'm still trying to figure things out, and, and maybe that, that's just going to be the case my entire life, but I, I'm always curious what a poet learns in terms of not, not simply just, just writing poems, but what does it take to really get your work in the hands of people? And I don't ever remember learning that when I was a, a student of poetry at a university. And it almost feels like learning about promoting your own work and finding ways to put your work into people's hands is something that that almost it's 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 as if you have to learn that through osmosis of some kind. And um, as someone who I think keeps pretty busy, sometimes sometimes I don't have that kind of time to wait and figure out what what do I have to do to make this happen. And so um, I I really wanted to share that the information with uh, other poets 
And I wanted to learn from other poets what they've learned along the way to get their work out into the world. This project strikes me as so important because I think that there's this sort of weird internalized thing that a lot of poets do where they hear the cultural messaging about you know, you, you won't make money as a poet and the culture at large doesn't always value poetry. And so they start to internalize that message for themselves a little bit. And there's also a sort of a need to project a certain humility in poetry, because I do think you have to be humble before the art in order to be a practitioner. And so that forced humility in some ways, that sounds wrong, but I'll, I'll go ahead and say it. I think over time that infiltrates the way a lot of poets move through the world. And I think that has something to do with why it's it's never taught in academia. Yeah, it's it's unfortunate. I mean, I, I think about I, I have a lot of friends who are prose writers and I, I I'm thinking specifically of this this scenario where or this situation where at a recent AWP, I ran into an old professor of mine who writes uh, nonfiction and she turned to me as we were we just finished lunch and we we're walking back to the conference. And she said, you know, I really love what you're doing. And if I were a poet, I'd love to like connect you and help you out. But I'm a prose writer. So we're, we're really in, on different roads. And so I, I don't know how I can help you. And, uh, and that just, that was just really devastating, right? You know, like there's this person that I really care about and has played a significant role in my life, but even she feels like she can't do anything for me because the poetry community or the poetry world is this this space that only poets know how to navigate and it just made me think well i've been i've been in this this world for you know this poetry community for some time and i still don't know what to do that also makes me think about this idea of the business side of writing can sometimes be distasteful or or have this sort of capitalism sort of stink attached to it which makes this conversation sometimes feel verboten or tasteless to get into the conversation of how to get my work in the hands of readers. What do you think about or how do you respond to that idea? Well, I, I, didn't, I didn't get into this, this business for the money. And, uh, <laughs> right. Prose might be easier for the average reader, perhaps, to find accessible. Poetry might seem more dense. You know, there's there's been this talk for for as long as I can remember about how inaccessible poetry has is for the general reader because it's been taught poorly in schools, and so there's this aversion to poetry for a general reader. I, I don't know. I have I have very mixed feelings about the business of poetry and and just the business of publishing. I'm, I'm at a loss for words because it's such a difficult place to to be to be a poet in the literary community today. When uh, it seems to me that at, at this time, more than I can recall, poetry is it seems to be more accessible than ever, and to to witness poets who are struggling to find readers or to sell their books, uh, who are struggling to sell their books. And, and, and nothing seems to be changing for, for the poetry community uh, in terms of who, who's helping poets really sell their books. But, you know, there's, there's this unspoken kind of uh, gate that many poets keep about the, the type of poetry that's published and the type of poetry that's promoted. But, but it's, it's doing a disservice to to poetry because we're not we're not getting we're not getting enough attention the way a prose book might get 
it's it's just, it's such a strange thing, right? Like there's there's this this sense of uh, that poetry is somehow magical, and you know there's 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 some magic in poetry. I, I mean, I, otherwise I would never have gotten into it. I, I mean, there's something that really drew me to poetry, and sometimes I can put my finger on it, and sometimes I can't. But there's something about poetry that that is quite magical, and people should be getting some money for it. Uh, and it seems to me that the only way that people get paid for work is by winning these huge prizes, right? I think of like the T.S. Eliot Prize, the Griffin, uh, you know, and so on. And and that shouldn't only be the case. So I just think we need to start talking about that. I think we need to start talking about that. I think we need to we need to really hold hold poets to a to a, a standard that's closer to prose writers. And um, and the sad thing is, is there's nobody really out there who is representing or or fighting for them. Uh, you know, they're they're really rarely, if any, are agents for poets. And I, I just I think that um, I think that that things need to change. One of the reasons we're so excited to help you promote promotions for poets is that so often the chapbook is the first place that a poet has the chance to start to sharpen that skill set. What would what have been your biggest revelations as you've put together the Substack? As you've talked to other authors, have there been pieces of advice that they've given their younger selves that you thought, oh, damn, yes. Uh, you know, there there was a poet that I had an exchange with early on, a poet named Yan Yi. Uh, and his book, The Year of Blue Water, was uh, the winner of the Yale Younger Prize from 2019 or 2018. I, I, it wasn't long ago. And Yan Yi is, is so thoughtful. And their work is, is uh, the book is written, are these, these small bits of prose. They're just like, every page is just like a paragraph of prose. And one of the things that I, I just found really inspiring about Yan Yi's responses to my questions were really, really focused on this idea that uh, you should just think about, think about yourself and think about your own relationship to your own work and and really kind of and and kind of generally when i've asked this question to poets about their what would they what kind of advice they would give to their younger selves it it, it always focused on on this idea of of looking forward i think one of the interesting things i've learned from poets about what they would tell their younger selves is really to just be themselves and to not worry so much about how the work is going to be received, but just worry about what you're doing now. And, and, and I think that the chapbook, uh, as you said, Ross, is, is a really great place to uh, spend some time with a poet's work. And, and it, it's, a, it's a great little teaser. It's, it's like a little trailer of, uh, of, of what's to come. And, and, that's what I really love about chapbooks uh, in particular. I love, I love, the, I love reading chapbooks because I love seeing what, what, um, you know, what new poets are out there or what new work poets are, are going to be coming out with later or what a poet is working on at the moment. So, so I'm, I'm really excited about, about, uh, you know, I'm, I'm excited that, that your press puts out these, these wonderful chapbooks because I like, I like being introduced to new, new poets and their work. Well, a wonderful chapbook I'd like to bring up is yours, Revelations from Sibling Rivalry Press, which is a triumph. 
And I'm curious about your publishing that chapbook and that experience, uh, how that helped bring about some of these ideas you have around the chapbook. I was really fortunate to uh, find Sibling Rivalry Press, and I'm really grateful that they put my work out in in this chapbook, Revelations. Uh, When I was putting Revelations together... Uh, I was working closely with um, with another poet, a poet who who uh, I, I admired for years. And thanks to social media, like like the both of you, I, I I found myself connected to this poet because of social media, and and this poet is also a priest, and uh, and I have I, I grew up I grew up uh, Roman Catholic, and um, when I was uh, a teen, and really kind of coming out to myself. I found myself moving away from religion, but it's it's played a, a role in, in the way I see the world and the way I navigate the world. And so I, I found that writing the poems in Revelation were, in many ways, uh, a way for me to really let go of a lot of shame and trauma associated with religion. And it didn't hurt that I was working on these poems with a priest. So it felt like felt like I was doing double duty. I was confessing and I was writing and revisiting the past. And so when I started thinking about how to put these poems together, most, if not all of the poems in that collection, um, except for the translations, uh, lack punctuation. And uh, it's something I hadn't considered before, but um, about a year or two before uh, I, I finished the, the Revelations chapbook manuscript, I'd gone to a reading and listened to um, Ellen Bryant Voigt talk about her work. Um, her book, Headwaters, had just come out, and she'd given a reading at the Poetry Foundation, and she talked about how she had abandoned punctuation and how she'd really relied on the sound of poetry and really thought about the breath. And anytime I, 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 since up to that moment, anytime I thought about the composition of poetry and how punctuation functioned or, or just how, how syntax functioned in a line, I'd always turn to, um, uh, you know, that Charles Olson essay about, about the breath. And that was really kind of, kind of my, my guide that I would turn to. And listening to Ellen Bryant Voigt talk about how she'd let go of punctuation was, was really the first time I'd seen a poet of her stature talk about uh, syntax in that way. Anytime I'd seen a book of poetry that lacked punctuation, it, was, it had up to that point had been published by a very young poet. And and I thought, oh, you know, this is this is a young poet being rebellious, really trying to be transgressive by letting go of punctuation. And I'd never really heard the reasoning or the rationale behind doing this. And you know, I, I I think that part of the art of poetry is really having purpose and meaning behind the 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 actions you take, you know, down to the to the diction, right? Down to the to the minute elements of the poem, which are, you know, the word. Uh, or even the the yeah the word I mean it's it's really down to the sound of the letters that really I think create a masterful work uh, a masterful poem is you know one that painstakingly is put together you know you you just got to make it look easy uh, once you put it out in the world but listening to Ellen Bryant Voigt talk about this really just just had a had a it was it was a revelation for me, and I thought, why don't I try to let go of this notion that I have of what a sentence might look like or what a poem on the page might look like? And so I thought, this is wild. 
why don't I just, why don't I just throw everything I know out the window about uh, diction and syntax and punctuation and just put these poems together. And, and, you know, I had these ideas of religion in mind. And so I put them together in these blocks. They're these perfectly blocks uh, of texts. They're, they're justified. You know, they're, they're not typical prose poems where, you know, you'll find like, uh, you know, left justified or, or the, the, the last line of the poem is going to end somewhere midline. It's, it's left to right margins justified every every poem in that the chapbook is is formatted that way and i thought every time someone comes and reads these poems they're going to read it differently based on their own breath based on their own sense of of the english language yeah and so so that's how revelations came about and i'm i'm you know i'm really really happy that it's it's out in the world Ruben, where can folks find you online and where can they find promotion for poets? People can find me at my website at rubenquesada.com or um, I'm on Twitter a lot at Ruben Quesada. Promotion for Poets is on Substack and there is a, people can find a link to that Substack on my website as well. I'm really grateful to people like like the two of you who have um, allowed me to share my ideas and the work that I'm doing, and I'm, I, I appreciate it. Folks, we are so lucky to have had Ruben Casada on today's episode. I know you're going to run out and get yourself signed up for that sub stack. Thank you so much, Ruben, for joining us. Folks, if you like the podcast, why not go ahead and click subscribe or better yet, tell a friend. We're on Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and all other major pod places. Every review matters for a new podcast like ours. So if you have a moment, let us know what you think. You can find out what we're up to by following us on Twitter and Instagram at Bull City Press or visiting BullCityPress.com. You can find me on Twitter. I'm at DC Noah. And you can find me at Ross White. Or you can email us at chatbook at bullcitypress.com. Thanks for listening, everyone. 